Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good to see everybody. Hey, let me just um, do a little um, public service announcement, too. Um, we went back to the sealed communion cups because of the issue um, with the virus that's out there. Um, I want, we are a very loving church here, so we're used to grabbing each other, hugging each other, handshaking. But if you like feel like because of the coronavirus, you feel like that might be a little too much, do not feel weird about maybe just sticking your elbow out and going like this. I met... Um, most well, you young ones won't know who Jethro Tull is, but I met, I met Ian Anderson one time, the lead singer for Jethro Tull, and I walked up to him to shake his hand, and he threw his elbow out like that because he didn't want to get sick because he's having to sing and play that flute, you know, all night long. And so uh, I thought, okay, so don't, you know, don't feel like you can just go, you know, I love you, man, it's cool. I just want everybody to feel comfortable with this, okay? And, and so there's hand sanitizer all over this building. It's stuck the walls, and you can just hit it. So while we journey through this bit of time in America, you know, and we've been really blessed where we are. I think one in Charleston, one in Kershaw just was diagnosed. But around here, nothing's happened. So South Carolina's been pretty blessed, actually, you know, not to have. So, uh, but it is the elephant in the room. Hello, elephant. (laughs) We know you're here, right? So we know it now. So we cool? Awesome. Great. Well, I was going to move into a series on 1 Peter, which I will next week. We'll move into that. But I felt like um, I wanted to touch on a topic before we launch into 1 Peter because it will carry us right on in to Easter. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the power and the beauty of generosity. Um, We are a people of generosity. This church is and you always have been. And it's a, but it's a, an amazing thing that our lives that we live of generosity, and until you get into a practice of actually it being a part of who you are, it's like you, you just do it sporadically. And I think God has called us to be a people of generosity like every day of every moment. And so I just want to, we're going to go to Proverbs 11. And verses 24 and 25, and take a look at that this morning. And when I think of generosity, it covers, this is how it's easy for me to remember, is uh, time, talents, and treasure. Just those three T. Time, talent, and treasures. Talent could be giftings. I mean, you can put your own word on it, whichever one it is. But, you know, time, the amount of time you give away. Maybe especially when you're feeling rushed. Have you had those moments where, like, you got to get something done, and then someone comes to you, and they're talking to you, and the whole time your foot's going like this out the door, <laughs> you know, and they're sharing with you, and, and you know, you, you finally realize, like, I, what I'm going to do right now, that's if you don't have an appointment you had to get to, but you just had something to do, is I'm going to be generous with this moment. I'm going to give these folks this moment right now. And so I'm going to be where my feet are planted, right in this moment. I'm going to be here. I'm not going to have hours, you know, dude. But uh, you know, I'm going to be. I'm going to be right here. So there's time, and, and many. Uh, most often, I don't think we 
value maybe our giving or others maybe giving of their time to us. But that, that is certainly something precious and wonderful. And we only have so much of it. And so being generous with our time, being generous with our talents, our giftings, the things that maybe we do well, things that uh, God has blessed us with, maybe things that we've worked on all our lives to be well at and good at, and, and suddenly there becomes an opportunity for you to take what you've learned and, and to give it away and give it in a deeper measure and maybe more also, often than just, you know, when somebody drafts you. It's like you offer it. You're generous with your talents. And then there's your treasure, the things you have. Uh, I'm reminded every time I go in my garage, <laughs> and when I look at my cars, um, you know, that uh, people, people have been generous to me, and I've been generous to myself in some areas, <laughs> like, you know, the surfboards. And you know, I've been really blessed with guitars because people bless me with them. And so I've, uh, it's, it's wonderful, but... It's good to give back away and be reminded when you look at your stuff or how much stuff I have, you know. Do, I mean, do I, you know, I'm not even using this stuff, you know. And it's like, God, you've been so good to me and generous to me. So with my treasure or the things that, that I have that you've blessed me with, and that includes money and stuff and resources and all of that. And so those are kind of the areas that, to me, that I think of, being generous and being generous in. And I was thinking of some stories, you know, of uh, when we were first, Karen and I were first learning this whole life of generosity. And it goes, really goes way back because I didn't know, I didn't know that, I didn't know what the Christian life was. And early on, you know, one of the, one of the things that we believe in is tithing and giving our 10%. And we, uh, we were going to Karen's church um, at the time in this uh, Baptist pastor, Imagine teaching on tithing. And um, <laughs> he, he mentioned tithing, and I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Who, who gives 10%? You know, it's like, what? So we got home to our first little rental house we were in, and uh, I think first, our first child may have just been born, and maybe it was before. Uh, but I looked at her because she was the pro. She was raised in church. She should know. I didn't know. You know, it was just all new to me. And I'm like, is that really in the Bible? And, you know, like, like the good Baptist girl that she was, she goes, yeah, it is. And so she showed me, and we walked through it. And, you know, we were just, we were just in it so much. We were like, well, if that's what God calls us to, let's do it. And I, I was making $2.50 an hour at the time. And, and I was really, like, really stoked because then I realized 25 cents, you know, of every hour. It, it, like, it really made me excited because I was like, man, 25 cents. Like, every, I was looking at the clock, and I was working construction, building these hotels and stuff. And, and I was like, there goes another 25 cents. There goes God. Okay, second hour, 25 cents. All right, you know, here we go. And uh, it was just a life that that you kind of develop over time and, and you adjust everything for that because that's a part of who you are and you love to do it, you know. And so I, that was, it was very interesting that we did that. And, and it's very interesting if you do a survey in your life and you see when you've been kind and generous to others and uh, that somehow, some way, it comes back. I've never seen it not come back. Uh, I, I, somehow it comes back in joy it comes back in some other thing, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but I don't think you 
can ever be generous without there being generosity extended back to you in some way. I just, you, you don't throw it away. You invest and it comes back. And so I just want to remind us, you know, today, because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have an aversion to, and I hope this doesn't offend you, to TV preachers who try to hawk their wares and, and all to say, you know, give to this so you can get that and, you know, right and all that. So I've never, ever, ever in my 48 years of following Jesus that's always been a real, yeah, I'm not going to go there. But, um, <laughs> but this grassroots depth of belief and dependency on God to be his representative, to be an emissary of the kingdom of God on the earth, I'm really interested in that. I'm really interested in, in being able to try to live in a certain way that God describes. I want to I be there, you know, I want to get there. I want to be a good disciple of Christ. And, and that's, that's my passion for our church as well. And, uh, you know, I had some other stories here, but, but I'll maybe tell them in the next few minutes, but we'll see. I, I always, I always uh, bring, not always, but many times bring a book out. And this is, this is a book called The Paradox of, Christi- of uh, Generosity. This is by two Harvard or Notre Dame. Let me get them mixed up. Notre Dame uh, professors. This is not written by church people or anything like that. It is an amazing book, and it's a paradox because as these professors, uh, and there's all kind of studies in here. Um, I'm a statistics person, and uh, it will blow your mind when you start reading how the paradox of how you are generous comes back. This is through interviews, uh, studies they've done, surveys they've done. And so um, what I'm finding out is that God many times doesn't just give, he gives us his word and we think, man, he's a hard God. You know, he just wants us to do these things. And instead, it's God knows what we're created for. He knows what's best for us. And so when he introduces us into a way of living, it's for our own good. And it's for the good of others. It's not to... Well, I got to do this for God, man. You know, well, if I wasn't a Christian, I wouldn't have to do this. You know, you don't have to do anything, even if you're a Christian, right? I mean, you don't have to. It's like, do I want to? Do I want to learn? And so, this is a good book for skeptics. If you're a, or if you're a skeptic that God does not bless or that the, the, there is a blessing in generosity, you should pick this book up and read it. It is really a wonderful book. And um, this is one of the quotes out of it of all, well, this actually comes from another study, but of all the rich men that have come to poverty, I never heard of any that was ruined by a discreet liberality. And uh, I think we'll find out today as well that God has uh, some really good news for us in this. So, Father, thank you for this time together this morning. We do pray for the... uh, challenge that is in the world now with this virus we pray god that you would guide the hands and the knowledge and wisdom that our scientists have in developing a vaccine we pray that you would expedite that in our world we pray also for those who are laboring under some sickness or or maybe suspicion and they're starting to feel harassed by maybe thoughts that i don't want to get this i don't want lord i pray for peace Trust 
in you. I pray for protection over your people here and in each place. And bring this, bring this virus to an end quickly, Lord. We ask for you to have mercy on us. Extend your great mercy to this earth that you love and you created, Lord. And let this end and be done with, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Generosity, the word generosity has had an interesting past down through the centuries. In the Latin, it, uh, the word generosity describes someone of noble birth. In other words, generous people were nobility. And this is early on that was associated uh, with gallantry and uh, courage. And then by the 18th century, it took on this definition of being open-handed. Generosity, open-handed, not grasping and holding on to things. And, uh, you know, the four areas that, that this book mentions in generosity is volunteering generosity, relational generosity, how much you give of yourself to others, neighborly generosity, which I guess could be folded into that relational part, how much we uh, help our neighbors, we're, you know, available to our neighbors, and then financial generosity. In the scripture, I'm going to read this from the Message Bible this morning. Our, our passage out of Proverbs says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. It's got a nice flow to it, doesn't it? And that, if you are new here, if you flip your hand out over, that scripture will be uh, there for you. And then there's the fill-in as well. So your first fill-in this morning is this. And this comes from the passage. When we are generous, we find purpose. When we are generous, we will find our purpose. Those who help others are helped. You're helped along the way. I just did a cursory, like, Bible review when I read this passage and just kind of went from Genesis real quick, you know, reading through different parts of the stories of the whole love of God to, to us and to humanity. And it, from the very beginning, God is a generous God. I mean, right from the beginning, you know, he... Created, He gives, it says, all the seed-bearing plants, you know, here on the earth to man. He gives, he gives. He gave us life. And on and on and on through the Old Testament until we get up to the New Testament and we get to Jesus. <clears throat> and here we see the grandest act of generosity ever. And that is God's mission in giving his own son for us. So that he could have us back. Have us as his again. God is just this generous God who over and over and over again is there in so many ways to apprehend us. And he pursues us. It, I just, I still find this the most amazing thing that some of us go on this adventure to seek to find God. But some of us, like me, God sought us out. And, and honestly, if you have any thirst or hunger for God at all to even come to know him, that's his pursuit of you. That's what's going on inside of you. That is how generous he is with who he is and what he has to give is it's his pursuit, his love of us with his generous nature, 
His giving nature to want to give to us a new life. And want to give to us another chance, a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth. I don't know how many you're on. But there's always another and another and another. That God gives and gives. He's such a generous God all through. And then we get to Jesus, which is Easter. When we get to Easter, I love Easter. You know, and there is the pinnacle of Jesus with his life and on the cross. The most generous act of all kind for us with his hands out. To welcome us in, pay the price for our invitation, our RSVP. Come, come to the Father. He's a good Father. So all of this, then it doesn't, it's not such a weird thing for his people to be a generous people because we are his emissaries. We're his, you know, we're kind of, we're here to say there is a God and he loves you. That's the, the people of God pursues us and John 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn. That is, you know, to take away, to push away, to get rid of you. No, He didn't come here to do that. He came to what? To save the world, right? Through Jesus. And so it's God's nature is to give, to give, to give. We haven't always been good at receiving from Him, though. We find our purpose in giving too because there are some things, some stories that you probably have of times when God has used you and suddenly you have felt this surge, you know, of, of just awe and beauty of this, the chemicals and the endorphins are released in your mind because it suddenly lines up with the giving nature of God and the generous nature of God and you're suddenly alive and you go, I don't, I don't know what this is. It's so fun doing this, giving to people. And you realize, yeah, it's fun because now you're being who you are. You're becoming who you're going to be in God's eyes. I read this story in a, in, um, a neat little book called I Love to Give and, um, of a high school student who she had learned generosity from her parents early on and had watched them and give of themselves and of their time, talents, and treasure and and she had once saved $3 when she was a little girl, and she gave it away to a cause. And so it had always been a part of her life. But when she got to high school and she was about to graduate, she thought, I've received so much from school and getting ready to go to university. And she says, I, I think I want to do something for the school, for the students before I leave. And so she came up with this, that she would take $500. She'd take $20, $25 bills. And she put them in an envelope. She created an alias email so no one would know it was her. And she went to the superintendent, uh, or the principal when I was growing up, went to him at the school and said, hey, here's what I want to do. I'm going to put these $25, $20 bills in an envelope. I'm going to leave it here with you. And you can let the school know that there's $20 waiting for whatever student comes and gets them until it's gone. The only caveat is this. They have to give it away. They have to give the $20 away. I mean, they can choose where it goes and to whom it goes, but they have to give it away. So that day that she graduated and then right before she left for college, she went to the ATM and she took out the $500. She put it in the envelope. She went to the superintendent's office and he wasn't there. She slid it up under the door and she left and she waited. That anonymous email account was on there. With each one of those $20, they would know. 
and she waited for the stories. She's like, only caveat, you give it away, and when you get a story, you tell me about it. And she said, you know, I know there was going to be some students who take that $20 and go, sweet, you know, and they run somewhere and spend it on themselves. But she said, that's not, that's not a concern. That's not the point. The point is some will get it. Some will take it, and some will experience this giving nature of God, the kindness of God, and the kindness of giving away something that you have. There will be some. I hope there's a lot. I don't know how many, but there will be some who will experience this. And sure enough, what happens? In comes the reports. And then her deal was this. What I'm hoping, she said, is that this is their, maybe their first, their first acquaintance with generosity. And then this will spark a fire in them to begin to live a life of generosity and change their life. And they'll find purpose in that. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, generosity, they, they used the term becoming fat. <laughs> because fat was a sign of God's favor and, and, and all. And so it was a generous person is literally a person of blessing. And if you look at the Hebrew root of it, it is the throat of blessing will grow fat. <laughs> That's what it means. Like as you bless people, your throat gets blessed. Every time you speak, you know, you're, you're becoming more generous. And um, Americans who are more generous, this comes out of the book, in a variety of ways also enjoy greater purpose in life. Much greater purpose in life. And, uh, you know, there must be something to that corny phrase, blessed to be a blessing. Because it's true. Once we begin to give of our lives, suddenly we find out what our lives are for. And then we find that our lives are very valuable and that we make a difference. And in the midst of that, something may spark and we'll be off on our trajectory for the most of our life, whether it's a profession but it helps us clear things away when we give. We, we're able to find out what, what we're here for as we give. Secondly, when we don't give, your second fill-in, when we don't give, we shrink. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Our world shrinks. It's a big world. It's a big universe. It's a big existence, but when we live for ourselves and we look inward all the time and it's about us, our world gets very small. Our bank account reflects that it's, our world is very small. Our time reflects that our world is very small. The giving of our talents and our giftings are not used, and so our world becomes very small. We drive into our house, our garage is on the back side of the house, our neighbors won't see us. We slip in. We go into the garage. The door closes. We go out. The next morning, the garage door goes out. We come out. Nobody sees us. We're tinted. We're tinted, man. Our cars are tinted. They can't even see us. We go out. We work. We slide back in. Our world is so small when we're stingy. And this book said people who are not generous who refuse or shrink away from giving generously, tend to be shaped in ways that move away from human flourishing. You don't just shrink in your view of the world. You shrink. Your ability to grow and to, 
to be a better person and to be a more of a giving person and being a blessing and seeing the world for what it is and the needs that are around you suddenly shrink, shrink, and you don't flourish. You begin to shrivel up until it's just, let me go home, grab my guitar. I don't want to see anybody. And then our world is just so small. I mean, the disciples remembered what Jesus said in Acts 20, 35, that it was more blessed to give than to receive. And they said, remember what he said? Remember what he said? It's just amazing to me that then you take a secular book like this. God has been telling for thousands of years for us how to live. And then they come out and they say, well, that's really good for you. (laughs) And then we Christians, you know, what's really sad is we Christians, we come along and we go, man, I can't stand somebody to tell me I need to give. Can't stand, and what you're hearing is, I want you to be healthy. You know, that's what God is saying. I created you to be generous. You were made to be a generous person. You're a channel, you know, that God sends his blessings through. And when we stop it up, we we become miserable. We don't have the joy we could have. We don't love people the way we we could and should. But when we give... We grow, we flourish, but when we don't, we shrink. Our world gets small. Listen to this, volunteering. Volunteering also reduces mortality from the book almost as much as the effects of quitting smoking. Get that now. You volunteer, it's like quitting smoking, your health gets better. Man, God knows what he's doing, I'm telling you. Give, you know, cast your bread. I want you to be healthy. Here, you were designed for this. Go. I mean, no wonder. Remember we looked at all the one another scriptures, 39, wasn't it? You know, of them, passed those out a few weeks back, a month ago in another sermon. No wonder there's so many one another's in the Bible. Because we're created for that. To give of ourselves. We're healthier when we do this. 2 Corinthians 9 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously, right? Because, and we see that as a challenge, but maybe it was written as an eye-opener to say, here's how to be healthy. Like, if you want to be sick, if you want to not grow and not flourish, let your tiny world absorb you. But if you want to grow and flourish, and you want to be the blessing that I created you to be, if you want to be like me, here's the way to do it. Here's the way to do it. You know, we uh, Americans are funny, too, because we, in the surveys, when they ask people uh, about tithing, the 10%, 20% said, I tithe. We have a real problem with math. <laughs> because only 2.7% actually do. 2.7% actually. We think we tie 10% giving into a thought that I give an amount every now and then. But tithe means 10%, right? 10%. You look at, like I said, that $2.50 when we first saw this, that's 25 cents. You know, every hour, that's 25 cents. So we, we are generous people. We're, Americans are very generous people. Well, sometimes we're not as generous as we think. You know, we, we live in this place where we honestly think a little 
a little better of ourselves. The vast majority of Americans, 97%, are forfeiting, this is the book, the chance to enhance their well-being by practicing real generosity with their money. I love stuff like this. When you find something in science or you find something in practice that suddenly validates what God's been saying. And then it can change your perspective instead of, oh man, this is drudgery. I can't believe it. All these preachers wanted money, money, money. Every time I see God, he wants, he's a party pooper. He doesn't want me to do this. He doesn't want me to do that. And then you dig into it and you see the studies and it's like we're better for it. We're better people for it. We live life in fullness, in our generosity, in our kindness. We're healthier when we do this. Physically, mentally, emotionally, in every way we flourish. And, um, you know, we can't ever allow ourselves to shrink in a church, in this church. We can't allow ourselves to shrink into it's just what we do here at the vineyard is just for us. You know, once we do that, once we turn inward, and we don't talk about the folks that aren't in these chairs who aren't here this morning. When we don't value trying to see more people come to know Christ and come to be a disciple of Jesus. When we don't value that and we turn in, then we stop growing. And I don't just mean numerically. I mean we stop growing. And it's a battle with churches because we love to be together. And we love to help one another. But we weren't just created. Created. I'm losing my... It's there, right? Okay. We were created here. We were left here by God to, for a purpose, right? None of us live as followers of Jesus without purpose. We don't. You know, it's right there. And the more that we participate in God and his generosity, the more we discover it, the healthier we are physically, mentally, emotionally, the happier we are, and the more we look like God. And then our friends, our family, our neighbors all around us suddenly, what is what's the deal with these people? Why can they be so happy? You know, how can they be such giving people? What is going on with them? You know, we give away, we bring, we give away, we give, give, we help in every way we can. And your last feeling is this, because when we give, we grow. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, Proverbs 11 says. When we give, we grow. When we give of our talent, our time, and our treasure to things outside of our inner circle, we grow. We become the better for it. I was, uh, some of you know, a couple weeks ago in Puerto Rico, and I got to have lunch with our fellow vineyard pastor in Mayaguez. Uh, Marvin and Carmen Suarez, and we were having lunch. And man, maybe 12, 15 years ago, we sent our youth team down to their church. They stayed a week and slept on the concrete floor at uh, the beginning of Marvin and Carmen's church there in Mayaguez. And when we were having lunch, they were doing so well. You know, we have sent money to them to help them through the hurricane situation, help put a roof on their building, and when we were having lunch, Marvin looks at me and says, I remember when you sent your youth to us and stayed. Said, they, pay, they fixed our youth room, 
And though we've expanded many times since then, we left one of the walls with your kids' signatures and the scriptures that they left here. We keep it as a memory, and we remember what you did for us. So what you do has gone to Puerto Rico. It's down there blessing uh, La Vina, you know, Mayaguez. And so we give. We have to keep giving as a church. When we do, we grow. There's four other churches been planted out of this church. They're growing. One right up the, you know, one right up the, up here this morning's meeting. And Lucas and, and we've blessed the vineyard in North Myrtle Beach. And pastor used to be on staff here. I'm still on their board up there as well. We give and things begin to grow. Do you get this? Give, give. We grow too personally. And um, what, this is a weird stat, but I thought it was interesting. People behaved more generously in a room filled with plants. <laughs> I don't see one in here. I'm going to cover this room up with some trees next week and some plants. But I just started thinking about that phrase, and I thought, you know why? Because there's life. There's life in something growing when it's green and it's beautiful and, and just what you, you know, the odor of, the, of newness and all of that in the air, it, it speaks to growth. It speaks to growth. And so when we give, we grow. And uh, let me finish this up. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down. Shaken, you know how you make something, get sand, you're trying to compact sand and put it in there, so you shake it, then you press down, and then you still keep pouring until it runs over. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And like I said, for too long, many of us have read scriptures like that and go, that's just a ploy. You know, maybe it's good for you. Maybe you were made for it. Maybe you're going to be healthier physically, mentally, emotionally, as you see the world as being much bigger than your own little world, and we begin to love the world the way God loves it and gave himself for it. A couple of quotes. I'm going to pray. Generously giving to others protects overall health two times as much as aspirin protects against heart disease. So there's your prescription today, right there. <laughs> Generous people tend to receive back, this is from the Notre Dame folks, goods that are even more valuable than those they gave. Happiness, health, a sense of purpose in life, and personal growth. I think God knows what he's doing. All through the Bible, it was give. Give. And I so love, God says, the world that I'm going to give my own son. What did he get back? He got a bunch of givers back. He got sons and daughters back. And that's exactly what he wanted. It was you. And so as we give, we get better. It blesses others. They get better. You can't beat generosity. Let's stand. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. 
If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.